Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features an episode of Hermit's Cave called Murder House. We're not sure when it first aired. Mummers in the Little Theater of the Air. Now the hermit. if you please. What's that? Yes, Mr. Burton. Well, Millie, you're dressed to go out. My breakfast hasn't been served. That's right, Mr. Burton. I'm leaving right now, and I'd like my wages, if you please. Oh, this is preposterous. Oh, it's something bad, all right. You can't go without giving me more notice than this. I'm sorry, but I can't stay. Well, what's it all about? This house, Mr. Burton. It's this house. It's truly haunted. Nonsense. It's just because we've only been in the house for a few days. It's strange to you yet. It don't get over being strange. It gets worse every night. Oh, ridiculous. Well, you can say all you want to, Mr. Burton, but I'm leaving. I'll work for you in the city. I've been faithful to you for a good many years, and I'll go right on being faithful if you'll move back to the city again. Millie, I can't run my life to suit those who work for me. I purchased this house in the country in order that I might have peace and quiet for my work. Mm, there's little peace here. Every night, the sounds. And last night, last night I... Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Please, Mr. Burton, I've got to be leaving this morning. How are you going to get into town? I took the liberty of calling one of the stores, and the owner's sending his son out with a car. All right, Millie. As soon as you give me my wages, I'll wait outside. I'm afraid to stay inside any longer. Why, of all the absurd... If you value your life, you'll get out, too. I felt it touch my shoulder. Oh, 
Ridiculous. Page is turning. Pages in my ledger turning. Just as if a hand moved the pages. Wind couldn't cause it. There isn't any wind in here. Oh, I'm dreaming things. It's utter nonsense. Millie's got me all upset. Now, my test tubes. My experiment. The test tubes knocked to the floor. I'm not dreaming this. This is too real. I need karma. He'll solve this. Hello. I want to put in a long-distance call. I'd like to speak to Lyman Carmer in New Carden. Yes. Yes, you've got it right. Lyman Carmer in New Carden. The telephone number is... How much farther do we have to drive into the wilds, young man? We're almost there now. Life of me, I can't figure why Jim wants to hide himself away miles from civilization. Well, this new man ain't been out there but a few days. A few days too many, if you ask me. I drove out here yesterday. I picked up a woman who'd been working out there. I wanted to go back to the city. Not Millie. Seems like that was the name she gave. Well, what's up? I couldn't rightly tell you, mister. Just couldn't tell you. Jim seemed to be strangely urgent about something last night. Mm, look, mister. You can see the lights of the house now. See, about eight, ten right away through the trees. Oh, yes. What sort of a place is it? Oh, it's quite a place, mister. Really something in its day. Old house, hmm? Yes, sir. I guess no one's lived in it for years. Old man Chimler knows it. He's lived in town as long as I can remember. Yeah, this is the drive leading up to the house. Lined with trees on both sides. House never gets no real daylight into it. Sir, I'll get your bag. Oh, never mind. I can take it. You young man? Oh, thank you, mister. It's more than it's worth. That's all right. Anything I can do for you, just call the general store and ask for Mark. Thanks. I'll do that. Lyman. Jim. Hello, Jim. I began to think you didn't make the train. Yeah, I was 40 minutes late. Come on in. Nice of you to come. You old recluse. The idea of picking a spot no man ever heard of. Bring your things into the sitting room. We'll go upstairs later. All right. Well, this is nice. Uh-huh. Sit down. Thanks. Yes, Millie got it fixed up pretty well before she went back to the city. My laboratory is right off this room. Everything handy. You had dinner, Lyman? Yes, Jim. On the train. Good. I'm not much at fixing meals. The uh, young man, Mark, from the general store, said that uh, Millie had left you. What's the idea? I'll tell you all about it. That's why I called you. Well, it's nice here, Jim, but I can't see why you chose a place so far away from everywhere. Oh, I like it here. Well, that's reason enough, I guess. Millie coming back to take care of you? No. No, I'm afraid not. Lyman... Millie left because she was certain that that this house is haunted. Oh, oh Jim. <laughs> I called you last night because I remember a story you once told. A story of a haunted house. 
You told it as if you gave credence to the tale. Is that so? I remember well. That's why I wanted you here. Well, Jim, you don't think by any chance that this house is haunted, do you? I'm not so sure but what I do. Oh, absurd. You think it impossible? Well, naturally. You didn't talk that way when you were telling us that evening of a place off the coast you knew that was haunted. That was a fireside tale. Quite different from reality. Lyman, it's only a short time until midnight. Will you come into the laboratory with me? Will you sit in there with me for a little while and see if the same things that happened last night occur again? Of course. If the same things do occur again, I shall be convinced that Millie was right. I shall be quite sure that something does happen. Does haunt the house. Nearly midnight, Jim. Did you check the door into the laboratory to see if it's closed tightly? I checked it. You're convinced it's securely fastened? Yes. Just striking midnight. Yes. This was the hour last night. What are we to watch for? The door first. The door into this laboratory. Listen. It sounded as if someone has his hand on the doorknob. Look. What? It's opening. Yes. Just as it did before. There's no wind tonight? No, last night. Simon, do you feel the presence of someone in this room? Someone besides us? No, I don't. I do. What is it? Once again, it was as if something brushed past me. Touched my shoulder. You see? The pages of my ledger are turning. As if a hand is on them. Jim, I... I can't believe my eyes. It's incredible. Now look. On the workbench. See? Something is moving those test tubes. I'm going to stop this before all my experimental work is ruined. What are you going to do? I'm going to walk over there, put my hands on the rack. Lyman, something touched my hand. Something that felt like sharp nails digging into the flesh. Oh, it's your nerves, Burton. Lyman, there's something in this room. Something that moves about in here. Some unseen thing that enters the door and moves in this room. Don't let your imagination run away with you, Jim. There is a thing in the house beyond scientific explanation. You know it. It's something vital and alive. A thing of power and locomotion. And it's up to us to find out what it is. Well, we might as well look through this room. No use overlooking anything. Seems silly, doesn't it? 
We're not going to find anybody in these rooms. Didn't you say that Millie heard things upstairs? So she said. She complained the very first night we were here that someone entered in her room. She didn't see anyone? No. She didn't see any more than we did just a while ago downstairs. Now that the incident of downstairs is past, it seems to me that it never happened. Perhaps it was your power of suggestion that made us both think we saw movement. Well, nothing out of the ordinary in this room. No. Well, what do you say we forget it and get some sleep, hmm? All right. We're not going to discover anything tonight, I guess. Did you talk to the man who sold you the house, Jim? Jim? Yes. Sure, he brought me out here after I'd chanced upon the place. We went all through it together. Of course, he didn't say why the house had stood unoccupied for a long time. Yes, he did. Said that after his wife died, he wanted to live in town. But he was getting too old to keep up a place like this. Uh-huh. Said that up to this time, he couldn't find anyone who could afford to buy it. Oh, well, we'll go downstairs and get your things and bring them up to your room. Simon, what was that? Something downstairs. It came from the laboratory. I know it did. It's the only place where there's so much glass. Don't get upset, Jim. Great heavens, look. Well, of all things. Everything in the room smashed. Equipment that's taken me months to build. Everything ruined. Jim, some human has been in here. Someone who's trying to stop your experiment by destroying your equipment. Wipe out your work. All ruined. It'll take months to arrive at this point in my experiment again. Someone has been hiding downstairs here, Jim. We've got to find out where and who it is. in the house, intent upon destroying all that Jim Burton creates in his laboratory? Or is it an unseen force, as Jim said earlier in the evening? An unseen force with power and locomotion that lives in the old house. Eh? The hermit will tell you before the night is done. <laughs> Lyman Karma sit in the laboratory. Just a few minutes ago, the clock struck midnight. Right now, Burton is busily engaged, building up step by step the experiment which has been ruined the night before. Lyman Karma sits watching him. <laughs> you think you ought to knock off for the night? You work steadily all day. Oh, there's so much time lost that I have to make up, Lyman. Well, certainly aren't going to have any visitor tonight. There's nothing left for them to destroy now. Tomorrow I'll go into town and inquire around. Think I should go to see old man Chimlin. Ask him to tell me something about the place. Well, maybe he can put us on the right track. Mm-hmm. I would have gone today, but I wanted to make sure... Wanted to see if we'd have the same experience of last night. You, uh, gonna work much longer? At least an hour. Yeah, it's way past midnight. 
Guess I'll go upstairs. Okay. If you want anything, call me. All right, Lyman. Thanks a lot for staying over. It's a great help. Yes, if we can find out what it is or who it is that's causing this trouble. We'll find out. Good night. Good night. Let's see. Next step is to unite the two chemicals. Perform step B. Where's that ledger? Yes. And the next step I performed was... Oh, wait. Pages in the ledger. Page five, six. A page is missing from here. Every step I'd worked out and put down is torn out of this book. Oh. oh. What is it? What is it that dogs my trail and won't let me do this work? Oh, step by step, I'll have to work it all over again. What? Someone at the door again. Is that you, Lyman? No. No, no, it isn't. Just as before, I feel the presence of some person in this room. As if they were standing over me. What do you want? What is it you... Something around my neck. Something choking me. is burned by the stuff he was working with. Hello. Oh, for heaven's sake, hurry. Hello, operator. Send a doctor to the old, old Chimlin place right away. Hurry. There's been a terrible accident. Man's face is almost burned away. Well, doctor? I'm afraid it's quite hopeless. If he lives, his sight will be gone. His face horribly scarred. Poor Jim. We'd only gotten out of this place last night. Did you call Asa Chimlin as I asked you to do? Yes, he should be here any minute. I'll wait then. Sit down, Doctor. After the story you told me about the experience you've had, I think it's up to Chimlin to tell his story. You sound as if it was something very mysterious. Something that Jim should have been told before he bought this place from Chimlin. If it had been told, it would have saved him the agonies he's going through right now. Mr. Karma, what I know has given me in professional confidence. What others in the town might have told you would have been gossip. And no one tells gossip about Asa Chimlin. How so, Doctor? Well, he's the owner of many mortgages, many notes. A man of wealth and power in our community. I see. Oh, there's a car turning in the drive, Mr. Karma. It must be Chimlin. I'll go up to Mr. Burton again. Call me if Chimlin refuses to speak. Well, thank you. Hello, 
sir. Oh, hello, Myron. Where's Mr. Chimlin? Oh, he didn't come, sir. He called at our house and got me to drive out and bring you this note. Oh, come in. Why? Oh, I, I reckon I better not, sir. Oh, why not? I reckon I'd just as leave stay outside of this house, if you don't mind. Oh, come on in just a moment while I read this note. Nothing can harm you in the daytime. Well, all right. Just till you read the note. Come in here. Sit down while I read the note. Yes. Oh. Hmm. Well. Mart, what made you say you'd rather not come inside this house? Oh, I can't say, sir. Really, I can't. Mr. Chimlin would get even with my dad if I said any more. You see, he about owns our store. I wouldn't tell Chimlin. Come now. Uh, well, sir, you see, the Chimlins, their daughter, she wasn't quite right, and she died out here. And Mrs. Chimlin, she hanged herself. Folks have always been scared of this house because of that. I see. Why did Mrs. Chimlin hang herself? I don't rightly know. Well, perhaps the doctor can tell us. Hello, Mark. Hello, Doc. Chimlin didn't come. Sent this note saying he would refund Mr. Burton's money and take the house back again. Says nothing more. Mm-hmm. But Mart here has volunteered to tell me that there were two deaths in this old house. One, a hanging. That's right. Mrs. Chimlin? Yes. And the girl? Her case was hopeless. Eighteen, she had a mind of a child of four. They took her everywhere, but to no avail. Time after time, Mrs. Chimlin pleaded with me to put the girl to sleep, to end her misery. But I couldn't do that. She hated me for it. Her hate grew until her mind was unsettled. One day, she took it upon herself to end the girl's life. Then, realizing what she'd done... She hanged herself in the room Mr. Burton has been using for his laboratory. If Mr. Chimmer knew we told us, Doc... Oh, that's all right, Mart. If there is any truth in the fact that an unseen force lives in this house, and you'll see how hard it is for me to believe that, then why did it seek vengeance on Mr. Burton? I have never believed in supernatural force any more than you. But remember, I've seen it at work in this house. And as for seeking vengeance on Jim... Doctor, he was working on an experiment to prolong life. A discovery which might have added untold years to the life of a human being. And this is something that the spirit of the woman who hanged herself did not want. That's why it destroyed the experiments. And that's why it destroyed Jim Burton. He died just before I came downstairs. was the spirit of a woman who took her own life. A woman who could not rest in her grave. A woman who returned to destroy anything that might prolong life. Yes. She killed Jim Burton by the power of supernatural force. Turn on your lights. Turn them on. <laughs> I'll be back. 
pleasant dreams. <laughs> Characters, places, and occurrences mentioned in the Hermit's Cave are fictitious, and similarity to persons, places, or occurrences is purely accidental. The Hermit's Cave was a radio horror anthology series. As the wind howled, the ancient hermit narrated his horror fantasies from his cave. The show, syndicated by WJR Detroit in the mid-1930s, and sponsored by Olga Cole after the first two years. The Hermit was not kind to the characters he narrated. They died in gruesome, horrific ways, chopped, bashed, mashed, and sometimes even worse. Luckily for the audience, the sound effects, created by Dwight Hauser, were up to the task. The cackling character of the Hermit was played by John Kent, Charles Penman, Toby Grimmer, and Clock Ryder. William Conrad produced when the show moved to KMPC Los Angeles with Mel Johnson as the Hermit from 1940 to 1942, followed by John Denner from 1942 to 1944. The stories were written by Lou Houston and Herbert R. Connor. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.